Welcome to McGonigal's Chronicles Making Montana Connections. I'm Tim McGonigal. Sarah Calhoun has never shied away from hard work and her quest for comfort while doing it helped launch a treasure state phenomenon. Since 2006, Red Ant's Pants has become a leader in top quality workwear for women. But the Connecticut-born business person who ironically never took a business course says Red Ants is more than just about the pants. The brand has spawned the Red Ants Pants Music Festival, set to make a much-anticipated July 2021 return to White Sulphur Springs. The festival benefits the Red Ants Pants Foundation, which to date has given more than $110,000 to worthy Montana organizations. From the genesis of the company name to the reasoning behind making White Sulphur home, to the star-studded music festival lineup. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Sarah Calhoun. I think one of the first things that, that I've always wanted to ask you is the name, Red Ant's Pants. Uh, it's, uh, it's catchy, it jumps right out at you. What's the, what's the story behind the name, Red Ant's Pants? Yes, that's a good question. <laughs> so in an ant colony, it turns out that it is the female ants that do all of the work. And as we make workwear for women, that seemed like a good fit. And the name stuck. And um, it's a pretty good one because it stays in people's minds. And it's a true story that actually um, the male ants simply breed and die. Oh, okay. Well, now, now we know. All right. But uh, Sarah, I, I wanted to get a little bit to your backstory, too. Uh, you aren't from Montana. You grew up back east. Tell us about... Tell us about growing up and uh, the, the path that led you to, uh, to Montana and to White Sulphur. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so I grew up on a farm in rural Connecticut. And uh, after college, I studied environmental science at Gettysburg and then worked about five years in the backcountry. So for Outward Bound, instructing, um, taking kids in the woods and then leading trail crews. So spent a lot of time uh, doing some manual labor, needing needing proper work pants that fit. And at that time, this was back in the early 2000s, there was nothing on the market for women. Um, I did not really particularly want to get into business and I've still to this day never taken a business class, but I decided to uh, to go for it. I talked to some other companies, no one really jumped at it. And then one guy was like, well, if you're serious, why don't you start your own company? And so I said to myself, you know, I was super naive at 25 and said, start a business, how hard could that be? And Little did I know. Um, so moved moved to Montana, yeah, Bozeman initially, actually, and then got a copy of Ivan Doig's book, This House of Sky, and that's his memoir of growing up here in White Sulphur Springs. And I wanted to be in a small rural ag town, and I moved here to Mar County back in 2005 and started the company. All right. Had you been to Montana before, or uh, how, how? Why Montana? I, I had not even visited. Um, I think I was just holding it in my head at some place I wanted to be. I liked the, the idea of it and the, all the wide open spaces and um, really an authentic life school, lifestyle out here. Um, obviously, the, the beauty of the landscape helps for you know, attracting anyone to the state, but um, the small town lifestyle is what I was really going for. All right, and then uh, tell us a little bit about the story of uh, the Red Ants Pants. Uh, you, you said that uh, you, were, you were concerned that there was no real workwear for, for women, but uh, uh, talk about starting up the business and taking that leap uh, to, to take that next step. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty big learning curve, honestly. I, I, uh, my first step was I bought a copy of Small Business for Dummies. Great, great book, uh, and this was when I was still in Bozeman actually, because um, I didn't even know what a business plan was to get a new, a whole new apparel company off the ground, right? It was, I had a lot to learn. Um, 
and it was it was very fortunate. I the actually the first day I was in Bozeman, first weekend I was reading that book at a coffee shop, and a guy noticed. And we got to talking, and it turns out for the past twenty years he had done production and design for a little company called Patagonia. So he became a phenomenal advisor and mentor. He's, he's on my advisory board to this day. His name is Richard Sibarell in Bozeman. Um, so I started having that kind of intel from someone in the industry was hugely helpful. There's been some phenomenal mentors along the way. So I spent a lot of time just learning about designing the product, working with pattern makers, sourcing the textiles, um, figuring out all of our U.S. manufacturing and everything. Everything we sell here at Red Ants Pants is made in America, and that will not change. Um, you know, company, company financing, the website, all that marketing, and, and finally got got to rolling in 2006. All right. Uh, what what is it? Would you say that makes Red Ants Pants workwear clothing uh, unique? Certainly, the fit uh, designed for women. As you as you know, uh, women are a little curvier than men generally. Um, we do have two styles: a straight cut and a curvy cut, um, and 74 sizes. So we really try to offer offer a good fit for any body type. Okay, and what all clothing types do you have? You have pants, shirts, uh, what, what all do you sell? Yep, we have two styles of pants, uh, heavy duty original work pant, and then our GSD, which is our get stuff done lightweight <laughs> pant. Uh, then we have shorts, belts and buckles, hats, work aprons, vests, work shirts, um, hoodies, t-shirts, and a lot of gifty kind of printed branded stuff as well. Okay, and you said that uh, all the production is done in the United States. Uh, how much of it, if any, is done in uh, white sulfur? So we do as much as we can. Um, so currently, all of our leather work is done here with a local craftswoman named Kathy Hockstrat, who does a fantastic job. And then Carol Berg, a seamstress here in town, makes all of our work aprons and our work shirts. And a lot of our screen printing is done in town as well. Okay, and how does the Red Ants Pants uh, clothing... Uh, price-wise uh, compared to other, or if there are any other uh, companies out there, brands that uh, have, have adopted this uh, workwear for women? Mm -hmm. There sure are a lot of companies popping up now, which is great. I think the competition drives us all forward and onward and upward. Um, but ours are certainly priced a bit higher given that we are made in America, that um, that level of quality and, and care certainly adds to the price tag. Our, our most expensive pants retail at 139 What's nice is they do last um, typically a couple years longer than the competition. All right. Has the uh, COVID pandemic affected uh, production at all for Red Ants Pants? Yeah, it certainly has. Um, well, last year we actually pivoted into making PPE. We made a lot of masks and gowns for Montana hospitals and beyond, which was a, a good project, but certainly a steep learning curve there as well with all the medical specs and, and the supply chain. It's a bit of a nightmare last year. Um, we are having some backed up fabric, textile uh, kind of bottlenecks in our production line, but, but our factory in Seattle is churning out the pants as quickly as they can. All right. Uh, COVID has changed business plans for a lot of people. Uh, it's inspired business plans for some people who need to maybe find another job or another line of work. Uh, what would your advice, even though you said you've never taken a business class, what would your advice be for someone who uh, is starting a business i think i think entrepreneurship is the way to go personally when you have a have a problem and can figure out a solution and um and what i what i love is seeing these um 
businesses pop up in rural Montana and rural America because I think there's so much potential for for small business when you have a, a and often there is a good workforce in in these smaller towns I've found um, and you have good internet and real estate is more affordable and quality of life is good. Um, so that's that's something we really need to see. I encourage folks to start businesses in small towns, especially when you have have the old World Wide Web to sell across. Um, yeah, do your homework always for starting out and starting a company and talk to people. And there's a lot of people that will be willing to help certainly and be mentors and um, and go for it. Great. So you've also got the Red Ants Pants Foundation, which uh, we're going to talk a little bit in a minute about the uh, upcoming Red Ants Pants Festival. I know you're excited to have that back up and running, but the, it, it benefits the Red Ants Pants Foundation. So what, what exactly is the Red Ants Pants Foundation? Yes, so Red Ants Pants Foundation is our 501c3, so it's our nonprofit branch, and uh, it's in support of women's leadership, working family farms and ranches, and rural communities, so all the things we love here. And we have several programs, the biggest of which is the Music Festival, and that, again, like you said, is the fundraiser for our nonprofit. Um, in addition to that, we have a grant cycle that's statewide where we use proceeds from the festival. Um, to, to spread money around the state with uh, folks who have projects that parallel our mission. And we've been able to gift over 110,000 over the years, which is great, um, all from a party in a cow pasture. Uh, <laughs> additionally, we have a timber skills course. So we have carpentry and chainsaw classes for women. They're four-day courses in the fall, usually here in White Sulphur Springs. And we're adding some additional offerings there. And lastly, our newest program is our Girls Leadership Program. And this is designed for junior year high school girls. And it's year long, pretty in-depth study of leadership. And they all have paired with a young professional mentor and do a community project back in their hometown. All right. As you look back, Sarah, on some of those grants that you've given out over the years, are there any that, uh, I mean, I know they're all special, but are there any that maybe stand out, uh, maybe more so uh, in your mind? Oh yeah, there's some, there's some really neat ones. One of my personal favorites was, uh, uh, Dropstone Outfitters. It's the only female-owned outfitting business in the Bob Marshall Wilderness. And we ended up buying a mule for them, which was pretty neat. Um, but most recently, one of the one of the big ones was um, the town of Jordan was, after they got hit by those, those wildfires so badly a couple of years ago, um, they wrote in asking for funding to, to come up with training programs for their youth and just through their whole community to learn how to fight fire because it's all hands on deck out there. So so those educational ones are pretty impactful too. If, if there's a nonprofit or a group out there that is looking for some funding, how did they get in touch with, with you or with the foundation to try to apply for those grants? Yep, so this year, we sadly last year had to cancel our grant cycle because we didn't have a festival. Um, but this year, assuming everything goes well this summer, we will be reopening our grant cycle next spring and all the information will be at Foundation.org. Okay. Talking about the festival, it's coming up uh, in July 22nd through the 25th, I, I believe. And uh, you had this, I believe, is the 10th anniversary. Is that uh, is that right? It sure is. Yeah, a big big celebration is coming. Yeah, and uh, uh, talk about the the idea behind the festival. Uh, go back to that very first festival, and how did you how did you get the idea for that? And uh, talk about this uh, great festival. Yeah. So this was uh, another 
a whole nother industry getting into that I had no experience in. So it's been a, another steep learning curve. But back in 2011, um, it just seemed like it it was time to bring people together in a larger way and, and celebrate. And I had a friend who was in the music industry at the time and she, she was like, you know, Montana needs another festival and maybe Red Hands Pants should do it. And then I got to thinking about music festivals and, and honestly, that would be a good move for branding of the pants company. Um, but, but really thinking of music as a tool to connect people and to bring people together. And that's really the underlying mission of this event. We really try to attract folks from all, all types and come together and be really neighborly and um, it's worked really well over the years. So that was um, that was our first year and we had no idea what to expect and how many people would come and over 6,000 people came that first year and that tripled our county's population. <laughs> wow, and at that point you probably said, hey, we're onto something here. We, uh, and, and you've made it even bigger and better as, as time has gone by, right? Yep. Lots of improved logistics and operations and systems to make it all run smoothly. And, and we've had up to 18,000 people and um, it's worked really well and, and just really setting that tone of folks to, folks to be good neighbors and it's, it's been working. Yeah. In addition, you've got some great music. You've had some great music in the past, I know. I, I'm, some of the names I remember seeing, Dwight Yoakam, uh, you've had Winona, uh, all kinds of all kinds of big names in the music industry from all different uh, parts of the music industry as well. Yep, absolutely. From Merle Haggard, the classic country to Brandy Carlisle and yeah. um, Ryan Bingham, Jason Isbell, some really good Americana hits. And then uh, um, some blues legends as well, like Ken Mo, And then of course, Taj Mahal and who is gonna come back as our headliner this year, which we're very excited yeah. for. Yeah, so yeah, I was gonna say, uh, we'll get to the um, uh, music list in a, in a minute. I'll let you talk about that. But uh, first I wanted to talk to you about the, uh, you have, because last year you had to uh, postpone the festival, uh, but you do have it back. There are some changes. What are some of the changes that people can expect due to the COVID-19 uh, COVID fallout? Mm -hmm. So this year for the first time ever, we are capping attendance. Um, just to try to maintain a little bit of control on how many people are there. Um, it's going to probably feel like a normal year, but we're not going to allow it to go too big, which is, which is good. So it'll, it'll certainly be <clears throat> under 100% capacity, but, um, and that's just to provide a little more elbow room and, and make sure everyone feels safe. The good thing is we have plenty of space on site. It's a, we have 100 acres from the generously donated by the Jackson Ranch to use on their, on their working cattle operation there. So um, so a little more space and we're certainly going to space out some of the high traffic flow areas so people aren't jammed together if they don't choose to be, um, at this point, because it is outside, it's looking, looking pretty good, um, from CDC regulation gathering in larger crowds, thankfully. Um, additionally, we'll have lots of extra hand washing stations and hand sanitizer everywhere and masks available for free and, and all that stuff to make sure folks do feel like they have all their needs met. Great. Uh, July 22nd through the 25th. And I know that uh, by the time we air this, uh, you might be running, you've, you've probably sold a lot of tickets, but uh, can people buy a one-day ticket, two-day ticket, a full-day, full three-day full three pass? Uh, how, does, how does that work? Yep, absolutely. We have a three-day weekend pass, and then you can buy tickets for either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, as well as camping. 
and kids 12 and under are free. So we definitely encourage it. It's uh, to bring your whole family. It's a very family friendly event. All right. And I, I will note that we, we are likely um, going to be sold out very soon. Um, but there's always an opportunity to come and volunteer. If you just volunteer four hours a day, you get a free ticket for that day. So lots of ways to get in and help if, uh, if tickets are sold out. All right. And again, that information I'm sure can be found on your website for people that want to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Great. Sarah, you mentioned uh, Taj Mahal coming back uh, for the Red Ants Pants. Uh, he's, he's been there before. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about him for people that might not know his, his music. What, uh, what's, what's his style? Oh, Taj Mahal is just a, a legend of the blues world. Uh, multiple Grammy winner. He's absolutely incredible. And um, what's what's really fun this year with what we're doing is that because it's their 10-year anniversary, all of the bands have played before, so we're bringing back our favorites. So there'll be likely a lot of interaction from some of the musicians on stage. Um, and Taj is just uh, like this gentle, giant, wonderful soul, um, great sense of humor. And when he's on stage, it's just it's going to be really, really fantastic time to celebrate. And he'll close things out on Sunday as our final headliner. Some of these guys, I would imagine, they play a lot of uh, festivals in, in bigger cities and bigger population areas that they probably really enjoy coming to a White Sulphur and uh, the, the small town atmosphere, kind of like what drew you to, to there. Uh, they, they probably enjoy getting away from the, the hustle and the bustle and, and taking it easy in White Sulphur. Absolutely. That's something we've really seen across the board that when when artists do come to our little town of White Sulphur and number one, they're amazed about how far away it is from any airport or whatnot. But once they get there, the the feel of the crowd and the landscape and the, the small town hospitality, um, they always, always comment how much they want to come back and um, and and play again. And we try to we try our best to treat them treat them as well as we can and um, it's uh it's a win win all the way around and then they start talking about it the festival and spreading the word to other folks too. So it's, a, it's been a really good process. Yeah. Well, in addition to Taj Mahal, who are some of the other uh, groups and acts that will be performing at the festival this year? Yes. Yeah, so Saturday night headliner will be the Mavericks. Fantastic. Very upbeat. Uh, everyone will be on their feet dancing that night. Um, a little bit of a Cuban influence of some fantastic dance music that night. Um, leading up to them will be Lucero, and before that, Susie Bogus, classic country, um, and lots of good, lots of good songwriters mixed in. We've got the Steel Wheels, a little bluegrass, um, Hayes Carl on Sunday, Jeffrey Focal, great songwriter from the Northeast, Martha Scanlon from from Montana, as well as Laney Loon and the Bird Dogs and Superman. Um, lots of good Montana bands, and then on Friday, we've got. Um, Mandolin Orange, who they're changing their name to Watch House currently, but they'll be headlining Friday night. And before them, Mipso had a North Carolina, Parsons Field, and kicking things off on Friday will be the Smith River Young Band from White Sulphur, actually. Uh, wow. They won the side stage competition in 2019, so they won a spot on the main stage, and they'll be kicking, kicking things off Friday. Yeah, so all kinds of great music, uh, and uh, you got to be... I mean, last year was, it had to be devastating for you to, uh, to have to cancel this last year, but uh, you've just got to be thrilled to have it back 
and I know the people of White Sulphur have got to be as well, and, and all the fans who have been to this before, just got to be thrilled that this is back in back in action. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know these are hard decisions to make, certainly, but uh, they're necessary. And I think last year it was obviously we made a good one that had to happen, but um, to be able to, and we really postponed our decision this year to keep learning more information to see if we could pull it off. And I think we decided wisely and people are just thrilled to get out and about again and have live music and, and really just come together and start start being community again. I think I think that's a really important piece and music has a great, great way of healing things and uh, we're really looking forward to coming together and connecting. Yeah, Sarah, have you ever thought uh, about running for political office? <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, there's a there's a question for you. Uh, <laughs> I thought about it. There have been people trying to pull me in that direction. I will say that. Well, I, I just say that because uh, you have been such a successful businesswoman, and it's a, such a great story the way you have you've done things uh, the right way. And uh, whether you decided that or not, uh, if you did, I think you'd be a, a great uh, great advocate for for your constituents. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Well, Red Ants Pants Festival is coming up July 22nd through the 25th. And again, tell us the website where people can see that lineup and learn more about tickets or even volunteering if they want to. Absolutely. RedAntsPantsMusicFestival.com. All right. Good luck with the festival. And uh, I know it'll be a success. And next year, hopefully you'll be back to uh, even more capacity than, than this year. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We look forward to it. You've been listening to a conversation with Red Ants Pants founder and executive director, Sarah Calhoun. You can learn more about the Red Ants Pants Music Festival, the Red Ants Pants Foundation, and the workwear available for purchase by visiting their website, www.redantspants.com. And next time on McGonagall's Chronicles, Making Montana Connections. Talking to Serena Williams after a tennis match and understanding that she has the same or similar self-doubts that maybe you and I do, or Roger Federer or Rafael Nadal. From breakfast at Wimbledon to gold medal moments, Helena native Nick McCarville talks about his journey to becoming a successful sports journalist. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. McGonagall's Chronicles Making Montana Connections is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. And I welcome your feedback and guest ideas. Look for McGonagall's Chronicles on Facebook and Twitter. For McGonagall's Chronicles, making Montana connections, I'm Tim McGonagall.